Are business plans dead? Is there any reason for the small business owner to make one? And if so, how? All that and more coming up on today's Summary Saturdays. Welcome to Summary Saturdays, the weekly podcast from Summaries.com, the premier business summaries company. You work your job Monday to Friday, but Saturdays you can build your career. And now here's your host, Rob Belbin, editor of Summaries.com. Dallin, are you there, mate? I am. How are you today, Rob? I'm great. I've got a question for you, Dallin. Shoot me. Are business plans dead? Are... Do people write big business plans anymore? Well, I think they do, but I'm not sure how <laughs> how useful they are in terms of a small business. And remember, uh, in our podcast, we're really reaching out to people who are lifelong learners and small business owners, I would say. Uh, and it reminds me of something that Jim Horan said, actually. So let me answer your question directly. Jim Horan said in a different summary that you produced recently, the most important reason to have a business plan is to clarify your thinking. And here's the key, regardless of the size of your company. But I think that when people hear the term business plan, their head hits the desk and they see this portfolio with graphs. and But all that stuff is really what you would take to a bank if you're borrowing money to start a factory or something, right? Back in the day, putting together a business plan used to used to require producing a, a, a document that was like 60 to 80 pages long that had all of these uh, financial projections and all of these de- all of this detail about uh, competitors and and uh, all of these bits and pieces and uh, the whole thing was it was just a, a a window dressing exercise it was it was really just something that you uh, that you produced in order to uh, go and uh, try and get some money from the bank or somewhere else like that. You know, coming up later on in this program, in the second half, we're going to be digging into an excellent summary more in depth. And the name of that summary is the One Page Business Plan. So I guess you can see where we're going with this. The One Page Business Plan helps you to sit down and, and to focus on action and results and to get that business plan put together. Because as we said, Rob, it's not about the size. It's about helping you to clarify your thinking. So... One of the really good quotes that is in the summary that you produced, it says, as I mentioned, words which sum up the one-page business plan process are focus, action, results, or focus leads to action, leads to results. The plan provides the focus, and then we implement through actions guided by the plan. The planned actions lead to the results. When in doubt at this point, act. And isn't that what we've been saying from the beginning when we first started this podcast? It's more important to get busy, to do something, not just to sit around thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's in the doing that the learning comes about. So you've got to be out there, you've got to be trying things, and then make adjustments and uh, changes according to uh, what the market requires rather than what's in your business plan. Would you say then that the business plan is not set in stone, that you make adjustments to the plan, integrate those adjustments? Exactly right. Yep. The main thing that uh, business plans need to be nowadays is flexible so that you can pivot, so that you can respond to the marketplace, so that you can change. The traditional business plan didn't give you that flexibility. Well, and I think also 
when you look at how business has changed over the past decades, it used to be that it was kind of a one-shot deal. If you were going to open a factory to produce, uh, you know, a piece of farm equipment, we'll say, the amount of sunk cost that would go into that factory, everything from the foundry you needed to melt the metal uh, to the people to assemble it together at the end, you were talking, at least in today's dollars, millions of dollars. And at that time, the only way to survive as a company was to get to scale quickly and to make money through selling a great deal of product. So if your product didn't sell and your company didn't make money right away, you were in trouble. But nowadays, it is so much easier to be flexible, to change things, to try things, to go in a virtuous cycle of improving, seeing what works, and then going back and improving on that. It's not just a one-shot deal. You know, I think that's the great thing about business today is that you have that flexibility, is that you have the ability to uh, be able to change things. And your business plan should should allow for that. It should, it should allow you to uh, be able to change to respond to the marketplace. You are listening to Summary Saturdays. We're talking about the question, are business plans dead? And coming up after the break, we're going to dig a little bit more into uh, the book called the one-page business plan, and we're going to discuss about how to put your business plan together. But I got another question for you, Rob. What is this about planning as you go? We talked about iteration, but is it more than that? Let me read you a quote. Now, this comes from the summary, the plan as you go business plan. The author of this book, Tim Berry, said this, keep it simple and practical. Do as much planning as you'll be able to use. Realize that all plans will change, so think of your plan as ongoing and use it to guide your business. Expect it to change, but use the planning to keep your eyes on the long-term goals, even as the details change. It's like planning a trip. Having the plan doesn't lock you in. It helps you keep track and revise as needed. Plan as you go. Doesn't that take a special kind of personality, though? I think it's more a mindset than a, uh, a result of a personality type. The mindset is that you plan as you're going along rather than being locked into uh, some sort of business plan that you put together before you uh, embarked on the journey. You want to be quick and flexible and responsive to changes in the marketplace. And the best way to do that is to be uh, just planning as you go. Well, you look at how things are nowadays, and even the big companies, right? Big companies like Asics or like Nike, some of these big companies. The time was back in the 80s that all of the factories were centralized. They would take a country, say China, Indonesia, one of these countries, and they would do all of their production in one place, produce massive numbers of these widgets, these items, which then would go and be very uh, standardized across all of their product lines and sold in all the different countries. And that model is, as we move forward more and more, being more and more turned on its head, more and more companies are opening up uh, fabrication plants closer to the market so that they can adjust to local demand. And I would argue that the small business owner has to think in, in the same type of terms. If you lock yourself into only one single idea for your business, you're giving up the ability to respond to shifts in market demands, but more importantly, you're giving up opportunities that maybe your larger competitors aren't even seeing. 
So if you are, for example, running a food cart, right? You got a, a food truck. You can change from one type of burger to another <laughs> in the blink of an eye. But if you're already locked into one specific burger, you can't respond when everybody says, wait, I, I want my burger with chorizo or something like that. I'm going to keep my eyes open for new opportunities because my plan is not set in stone. Yeah, exactly right. People want things to be personalized nowadays. And therefore, you need to be able to uh, go off in different directions. So, you know, that's not to say that business planning in and of itself is unhelpful or useless. Dwight Eisenhower was famous for saying, the plan is useless, but planning is essential. And Colin Powell even uh, added to that thought. He said this, no battle plan ever survives the first encounter with the enemy. Mm. So planning is good. What do you think, Dallin? It is true that going by the seat of your pants uh, might have its risks. I, I will grant you that. And actually, I think some major companies, even big companies like Google, have made that mistake of perhaps not planning things out enough. And what you're telling me here reminds me of a story I read about Google. You know, about three years ago, Google bought Motorola, uh, mostly because Motorola owned a bunch of patents that they wanted to get their hands on for Android. But since they owned Motorola and they had already bought it for parts for a really cheap price, they said, well, this brand has a lot of equity. Maybe we could just go ahead and start making Motorola phones. But you know what? Everybody is saying that they want uh, phones quickly and they want phones that are personalized. So Google invested a bunch of money in opening up little what they called micro factories all across the U.S. and other countries where they were going to make the Moto X. And again, the assumption was it's locally made, it's uh, it's personalized, people are going to line up for this. <laughs> and they didn't do their market research, and it was a bust, Rob. They lost billions on that, and they closed it down within a matter of months. So I guess what you're saying, it's true. I mean, uh, <laughs> even at that level, sometimes you can make assumptions and uh, rush your business plan a little bit too quickly. Sometimes being flexible isn't enough. You also have to be factual. Yeah, good point. So we're not saying don't write a business plan. You want a plan no matter how big or how small your company is. But we are saying that uh, form should follow function, that your business plan should be uh, uh, flexible. It shouldn't just be uh, a big document that uh, sits on the bookshelf gathering dust. It should be something that you use uh, every day, that you uh, are changing and evolving as you're going along. And uh, there, are, there are good books out there that talk about how to uh, how to write a flexible business plan that is able to uh, adjust and adapt uh, that you're able to adjust and adapt as you go along. Mm. And uh, you know, a, a great book that talks about that is uh, was written by Tim Berry, and it's called The Plan As You Go Business Plan. The Plan uh, As You Go Business Plan isn't that what we're going to be talking about coming up off uh, coming up after the break? Yeah, exactly right. And uh, this is a great book for coming up with a flexible business plan. Summary Saturdays is brought to you by Summaries.com, the original business summaries company. Sign up for an on-demand plan and browse our library of nearly 1,000 past issues. Or choose to receive a weekly summary from our new material. 
Each summary takes the most important points from the books and breaks them down into eight pages of convenient material. Over one million summaries sold in 20 years of business. You can receive the summaries in print or MP3 format or both. Summaries.com Also by SoundFridge. SoundFridge is a full-service voiceover production company. Professional voiceovers in an American accent for your video, audiobook, ESL material, radio advertisement, Spotify ad, and so on. Cut out the frustrating middleman like 123 Voices or Voice Bunny and work with me direct to save time and money. SoundFridge.com And now, let's get back to today's podcast. You are listening to Summary Saturdays, and we're talking about questions having to do with business plans. And remember, uh, this comes to you courtesy of Summaries.com. And uh, Rob Belbin, you are the editor uh, of Summaries.com. You've put together almost a thousand books now, or uh, summaries of books. So if people have questions that they'd like to get into the next edition of this program, of this podcast, they can go visit SummarySaturdays.com, and uh, you will definitely have somebody who put together a business book addressing that question. Again, today we are talking about business plans. The first question that we talked about is, are business plans dead? And we said, no, they're not dead, but they're different than they used to be. And then we asked, is it better to make up your business plan as you go along? So, Rob, I'm going to ask you a third question, because in this segment, we really wanted to dig deep into a book about business plan called the plan as you go business plan. My question for you is how can you take your business plan and make it into a management tool rather than just this pretty document that you put on a shelf? Great way to uh, answer that is to have a look at uh, the plan as you go business plan, which was written by Tim Berry. Tim Berry is the uh, founder and president of uh, Palo Alto Software. And he talks a lot about business plans but to turn a business plan into a management tool, there are really six things that you need to do and that you need to include. Number one, you've got to sum up the assumptions. It's really important that you put down in writing what assumptions you're using in putting together your plan. And a lot of people gloss over this, but you need to list all your assumptions right there so that if any of those assumptions change, you know that you've got to adapt your business plan to take into account the change in your assumptions. Doesn't that sound like the mistake that Google made with Motorola? They assumed that people would be willing to pay a premium for a phone if it was made in their country and if they got it quicker. And if it was more, you know, you could choose different colors and stuff for it. Their assumption was based on general knowledge, but not actual studies. <laughs> and it was wrong. Yeah, maybe if they had uh, updated their plan based on what they found was wrong in their assumptions, they might have been able to get back on track. And so uh, that's a really good point. So we're talking about six points here. Point number one is assumptions. You've got to write down what your assumptions are. Point number two is that you, you've always got to have a schedule. And this has got to be updated all the time. You, you've got to know when you need to be doing things and what's happening. And then as you get more and better information, you can update your schedule, but it's important to have a written schedule for your, your business plan. What goes on that schedule? You put on the schedule whatever relates to uh, your specific business. 
and you'd schedule your meetings, you'd schedule when things are going to be happening, and you put it all together and keep it in your uh, in your plan as you go business plan. I think of a conversation I had with a friend of mine who has a seasonal business. Uh, he goes to Peru and he picks up items that are basically winter wear made out of alpaca wool. And so he has a year-round business, but he's only selling for three to four months out of the year. The rest of the year, he has to plan uh, two or three extensive trips down to Peru with his wife, who is Peruvian. They have to go up into the mountains there, up in the Andes, and they have to find uh, these uh, hand artisan people that are making, that are uh, raising alpaca wool, that are you know shaving the alpaca wool, that are then dyeing the alpaca wool with all of these different materials. And all of this stuff is very seasonal. It has to be done at specific times, and then somebody has to manufacture it into the end product. So what you're saying then about scheduling is that Although his business is operating 12 months out of the year, it's all nine months of work so that he has those three to four months of sales. And without careful scheduling, he's not going to get his product. Yeah, that's right. He'd be doing a lot of scheduling uh, already. Uh, and his scheduling might be uh, more intuitive. But it's important that you write down your schedule and that you have a, a good feel for what's happening. That's an important part of uh, being able to put together uh, a business plan which uh, is, is flexible and adaptable as you go along. So point number one, make sure you write down your assumptions. Number two, do your schedule so that you know when things need to be happening. Point number three, it's important, even in a simple business plan, to write down the metrics that you want to use to gauge your progress. And, uh, you know, metrics have to, be, uh, have to be shared with everyone and then tracked consistently in order to work. You need to know uh, how, how you're going to measure success and uh, how you're going to know when you get there. So metrics don't have to be uh, complex to be good. For example, in my business, we uh, we really just keep track of the revenue number and have a look at uh, what we're doing each week and uh, adjust, uh, adjust promotions and other things to that. So keep it simple. Uh, simple metrics are good. And uh, the, the planning as you go will help. Uh, it, it's, it's good just to keep it simple. Okay, so number three, the metrics to be used. Number four, it's also important to specify who's going to be doing what. You need to specify who's responsible for specific tasks. Otherwise, uh, you know, if everyone thinks that everyone else is doing it, nobody will get around to uh, actually doing what's happening. I think this is an important point, even for a small business. And Rob, we've talked over the past several episodes about the small one-person, perhaps, business. But the division of labor even applies at the small level. And if I could, you gave an example from your business. My business is a one-guy machine. It's just me, Soundfridge, by myself. But my wife is my marketing manager because she's so much better at sitting down and coming up with ideas. She's also a lot better than me at planning. She's also a whole lot better at me at reading complicated data and coming up with an idea from that data or researching what other people are doing. And before we came on this program today, Rob, I was telling you how she came up with some brilliant 
ideas for using Facebook to promote my business. And the results that came from that blew us both away. But she spent the time to go over what other people had found in using specific ways of doing Facebook promotion. And so we had 5,600 results from $15 a promotion. Now, I know. Is that right? That's right. 5,600. 5,600 impressions. And of that, over 150 people clicked over to my website. Now, I don't have the patience to sit and read all of this stuff about Facebook, but I know that although she might find it boring too, I recognize that she's gifted at at doing that type of thing, at doing putting in the spade work and researching that. Uh, but she's not going to get she's not comfortable with getting behind the microphone and reading audiobooks. That's my job. So even at the level of a one-person team or, you know, a husband and wife team or something like that, division of labor helps to let the company thrive, but also to grow. So assigning different jobs to different people on your team is more than just making sure that everything gets done. It's also about finding who's better at what. And then once you find who's better at what, you divvy things up, but uh, you've got to make sure that you write it down. Uh, Otherwise, uh, everyone thinks everyone else is doing it. (laughs) Well, my dad used to say, if, if, if somebody else is doing it, nobody is. Yeah, exactly right. So the next point, so the points, we're talking about um, how to turn your business plan into a management tool. We talked about writing down your assumptions, write down your schedule and update that. Talk about the metrics that you're going to use to measure success. Then we talk about uh, who does what. And uh, then we come up with the milestones, and that's point number five, milestones transform your business plan into your action plan and uh, they're a management tool they're essential and so it's vital that you set the milestones and then you track your progress towards those milestones and keep it simple Uh, make sure that everyone knows the timeline that uh, you're trying to work towards and that uh, they can then uh, get out and and make the right things happen tim berry makes a good point and uh, he said that good good business planning is nine parts implementation for every one part strategy. And so uh, you've got to make sure that the right things are happening. And uh, really, that's what we're hap- uh, talking about with the plan as you go business plan. So uh, that leaves one final point on our six points. What do you reckon it'll be, Dallin? Uh, surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> The last point. Make money. Make money or you'll go out of business. How's that? Exactly right. The last point that you've got to make sure that you're including in your plan as you go business plan, point number six, how much will everything cost? And uh, you've got to be tracking what's happening, but then you've got to make sure that you're also covering the numbers. So you need your sales forecast, you need your costs budget, and you need your cash flow plan in order for uh, your uh, plan as you go business plan to come together. I would say that cash flow is so important toward that as well, that entire process of planning for expenses. Because if you had told me two years ago, Dallin, uh, you are going to buy a $4,000 professional audio booth, and then you're going to pay $2,000 to have it shipped to Puerto Rico, and then you're going to buy another $1,200 worth of professional audio equipment and a $600 microphone, uh, I would have told you that you were nuts. I started small. 
First, I started at the radio station where I worked back then, and the money started coming in. My boss let me use one of the studios, and I started doing audiobooks there. Then, as that money came in, I was able to use that money not only as a proof of concept to say, wow, there's a business here, but also to invest in all that equipment I just mentioned. Without the cash flow, you don't know if your business is legitimate. And especially when you're talking about a lean, small business, a business that perhaps is a new concept, so you can't take it to the bank and say, hey, lend me $12,000 to start this business, for example. You have to demonstrate the viability of that business with sales. And sometimes the only way to do that is with sales. Yeah, exactly right. You know, your your sales validate the uh, viability of your idea. And so, uh, you know... When you're doing a business plan, you've certainly got to have the numbers and and everything there as well. All right. Well, today we have been talking about the book, The Plan As You Go Business Plan by Tim Berry. And Rob, as we mention every time, that is one of the almost a thousand summaries that you put together at summaries.com. If somebody has never signed up for summaries.com, tell us a little bit about that and what they can expect if they sign up for your weekly summaries. Well, actually, uh, yes, a lot of people do sign up for weekly summaries. And so we offer a service where we uh, send out a summary of a new business book every week. But we also uh, have a, a plan option that gives you the ability just to dig into the back catalog. So over the past 20 years, we've put together this incredible catalog, which has uh, summaries of almost a thousand business books now. And so people can uh, dip into it. They can read summaries of books that relate to specific things that they're doing. And uh, this is an on-demand plan. And so it gives the ability just to uh, read the book summaries that uh, relate the most. And so it gives you the ability to read less and do more. I've read my share of business summaries in my career, a lot of them from a lot of companies, and I really like yours. I would say that they are the premium business summary because you really do cover every aspect of the book, but in a short way. A lot of business summaries just kind of feel like they grab the book and uh, and they do a PowerPoint presentation from the main points and chapter titles, whereas you really go for the main idea and help to bring it out in a, in a very quick way. So uh, that's what makes your summaries different. Uh, any idea what we're going to be talking about next week, Rob? I want to talk a little bit about uh, how to make great presentations. And, you know, uh, Steve, Jobs or Steve Jobs was the, uh, was the gold standard when it comes to uh, making presentations. And I'd like to dig into uh, the presentation secrets that, uh, that he used. All right, we'll talk about that next week. And again, if you have any questions for Rob Belbin, you can drop them off at SummarySaturdays.com. All right, Rob, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Excellent. Look forward to it, Dallin. See you, mate. This has been Summary Saturdays with Rob Belbin, editor of Summaries.com. To submit your question for next week, visit SummarySaturdays.com. Summaries.com empowers you to get 100% of the best ideas from an entire business book for 10% of the cost and in less than 5% of the time. Get all the know-how and smarts from 1,000 business books into your mind and career. Read less, do more www.summaries.com.